Oh, happy Sunday. That's that's definitely coffee with a little extra mode. It is. Yeah. Like a chill one, though. Like, you don't want to start too early. No, I guarantee you whenever <laughs> I'm listening to this, my Nespresso machine is probably still hot. <laughs> Simmering. Well, I'm the, are you the, the straight black coffee drinker? Yes. Yeah, okay, of course you are. No training um, wheels. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, it takes, I need to be a barista to put together the things that I need to, you know, put in there and then... The joke is, do you um, have any coffee with that? Yeah, how many how many ingredients are in your coffee? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> is it more than coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Less than a hibachi grill? I can do I can do black coffee. Um, I will do it in a pinch. Uh, but if I have my stuff, I will I will have my stuff in it for sure. Got it. Well, we're rolling in today on our soccer mom Sunday chill vibe uh you remember this one this is a little moby from back in the day uh, uh, yeah old old for sure right it's kind nice of, kind of vibey yeah i'm I like predicting it. my mood on that sunday morning <laughs> on this sunday morning when you're listening yeah right we're gonna talk in the past and the present <laughs> I, know. I, I, got, I gotta remember that like i'm in, living in multi-universe it's like mr anderson from i yes. the matrix right? yeah yeah in the matrix but you know some of the stuff that you can still talk about is somewhat relevant this will go out we'll be listening to it before the thanksgiving holiday and you know, for on the MLS side of the game here, the St. Louis City has done their press conference. I mean, it was a three-hour press conference. I've never been to one that long. But they, they gave us breakfast, which was really nice, a little buffet. And I was like, this should happen. This would be awesome during the regular season. And they Me, said you no. You probably and they said no. more positive, right? More. <laughs> yeah. We'll ask better questions if our, if our bellies are fed. Um, and then kind of each player kind of rolled in, not everyone, but eight or eight or nine of them or something like that plus Lutz and, and Bradley to talk about of course the season what I what I I just wanted to give like each guy a hug because all the questions they have to answer it's like you looking forward to the next season no they're mad still right now yeah. right like we're still pissed off about losing so we're they were very gracious but you know definitely in the mode of well I, I, yeah we're still mad <laughs> well I think it's funny because like you in the particular role that you're in having played and being a competitor and and not liking to lose, you do carry a unique perspective into those press conferences because, look, no offense to the other writers and the people that are in the room, but a lot of them are not ex-athletes nor competitors and especially soccer players. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, we all know how it feels. Yeah, sometimes I think it holds me back from asking a question. I'm like, because I know what the answer is. The answer is it's awful, and I don't want to talk to you right now. What do you think you did wrong? (laughs) We didn't score enough. Played like shit. (laughs) They scored more. (laughs) Go watch the film. I I thought I had like (laughs) one where I asked um, uh, Jared Stroud. uh, He had told a story earlier about how with New York Red Bulls, when Bradley was the interim coach, Mm -hmm. they got into the playoffs, but then they got their head coach and Bradley had to step back. It was the first game that Jared hadn't started. So yeah. Brandon, I was like, oh, this would be a great question. So I asked him, and of course, it was great. He was like, yeah, it, it, it was meaningful to step out in the first playoff game, but at the end of the day, I'd rather us win. I don't really care that I started, right? He, you know, they want to yeah. win. Yeah. That's what players do. They want to win. Yeah, and speaking of winners, our last episode last Sunday. Um, yeah. The sh- Fifteen-year-old phenom. I, I feel like I need to write her a check for saying that the <laughs> mental game was important and unprompted, unprompted, um, because I got to use that that little bit of information and some team training where with girls who are her age um, and the Lufus GA and then when you bring up say does anybody know Alex Pfeiffer and they're like oh meaning they've played her and they've been beaten by her and to know yeah. that. This is a part of her growth. Yeah. I need to have this a part of my growth. Yeah, we've seen her heels. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She gone. He's in wheels. (laughs) Um, It was just really amazing because it was back-to-back episodes uh, that that week where um, the first one to drop was over on Soccer Dad Pod. Uh, Jared and Zach and I had our boys on for the first time. Uh, and, and all three of them are 15 as well. So four 15-year-olds. Did eventually they just take over and say, Gads, go to the bar. I, we got this. I, I think that they were, you know, of course we're nerds. We're the dads. We don't, you know, <laughs> we're not on the, the IG as much as they are. And uh, but, I, but I think they realize that communicating what they're experiencing and hearing themselves talk and answer questions that are beyond roster questions yeah. or whatever 
it kind of gave them a little bit of a self-reflection. Yeah. And they ran with it. And what they don't know or probably don't know is that whether it's parents or a parent saying, here, come here and listen to this kid, right? Yeah. Saying the thing <clears throat> that it matters so much more than, you know, it's like telling your kid to do something over and over and then somebody else tells them to do it. And they're like, oh, my coach told me I need to work on my weak foot. I'm like, I've been telling you that for eight years. Well, I, I think for, for you parents that are listening, that do have kids that are uh, active in the sport, frankly, it, it really doesn't matter. I don't care if it's basketball or baseball or whatever the sport is you really should listen to those two episodes not because I'm I'm wanting the downloads but because your kids are thinking a lot of the same things that they express that even we as parents that are around it all the time we we didn't realize kind of the angle of their emotion or their the, the why yeah right and it, and it just it it helped us you yeah know? so you know and a lot of parents out there are like this this landscape in soccer in particular is like what club, what level, where should we go? Should we do more training, less training, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all this stuff. And the amount of soccer talk that all four, including Alex, brought up was minuscule. Yes. It was all preparation. It was all mental. It was all how do they find zen. I mean, I think two of them even mentioned meditation. Yeah. So go check it out. It's, it, it's the good. same parts of the training. So when I had, I actually purposely mixed up the groups last night with the girls. So six GA teams, three and three, we did two sessions, mixed up, you know, a younger group with kind of a middle group with an older group. And it was great. Then, then they get to go back into their teams and work. And the, the, the Zen part of training is when you don't need to do anything because they're the ones teaching each other. And then maybe they draw their coach in and their coach kind of comes over and starts. It's like, ah, this is the sweet stuff. I don't even need to say anything. Yeah, I, I think really simplistically what it does and, and really I hope it encourages you if you do go back and listen to it. Actually ask your child not about the game. Just ask them what they want. Ask them what direction they're going, what they think their goals are. You know, because most of us are making decisions kind of in the presumed pathway, in the mold of the presumed pathway. And kids don't think like adults. No. All of those pathways, all those sign-up sheets, all those leagues, they're created by middle-aged people that, for the most part, don't play the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, that, that's my that's my kid's hope box. Yeah, for, that's, uh, that's for sure. But you know what other time of the year it is? It's that time of the year where I know... I just got it in our, we have team snap. And so it's kind of cool. Like there's an indoor, my, my kid, Liam changed clubs, but he's going to get to play indoor. Cause you know, in the winter you can put indoor together. And so, you know, grab some people from around. So the cool part is that it's indoor season, although you can be any always indoor season, but I typically think of winter Absolutely. as indoor season. And I'd like to welcome our guest, Shelly Clark. She's part of the ownership group of the ambush. Um, she knows a little bit about indoor. A little bit about indoor. Just Hi, Shelly. A little bit, but don't hold me too. Don't, don't give me, you know, I, I, I <laughs> you don't, don't want any pressure. You don't want to be in the weeds. You don't want to be in the weeds. But you know, when anybody, um, our <coughs> age, JB, um, you know, harkens whoa, 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 whoa. I know you're younger than me. I'm the oldest probably at the table. I did just um, have a birthday, by the way. I know. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. We're both, we're both Scorpios. Oh. Oh, oh great. Twice. <laughs> Shelly's like, I'm out. so fluid. I'm out. <laughs> How are you doing, Shelly? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to be on here. Yeah, yeah. no problem. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so, so thinking of, I'm taking us back to... Being, I'm t I went to St. Paul and Fenton Elementary School, and the steamers were the shit. The St. Louis steamers, because, and, and really, St. Paul at the time, kids played other sports. There was Corey League, I don't remember Corey League, softball and baseball. Um, they played other sports, but at St. Paul, soccer was big. There were a lot of soccer players, and we thought we were awesome. Um, and the steamers, you know, even if you weren't a goalie, you wanted to try and act like Slobo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then, you know, the game has morphed and changed, of course, in terms of names and ownerships. You know, right before you came on, Mike, we were talking a little bit about, you know, when maybe you moved into the area. Yeah. I think it was the storm had an interesting ad. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember, you know, my son was three at the time and he loved anything sports related, could sit through a hockey game, could sit through an entire nine inning baseball game at the age of three and be completely enthralled with the action. And so, of course, you know, moving into the area, I saw this billboard and I'm like... Huh. 
you know, and it's a bunch of uh, very fit gentlemen holding some, you know, soccer balls in very strategic locations. And it's like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Come watch us. I know. And we went to our first game and, you know, we went to several more. But, you know. You may I, need to go back. I, maybe I, I maybe bet, you use that marketing tactic. I bet Mark Moser had that idea. <laughs> what do you want back? <laughs> you know, as you said, you know, there's been a lot of different changes in indoor yeah. in, in the St. Louis market through the years. And, you know, our current ambush that's playing, we've been here 11 seasons now and um, it's super exciting to go into it. We've got, you know, a little bit of a different philosophy now that we've got a different ownership group. And um, I've been involved with the organization all 11 years and it has changed considerably. And I have to tell you that I think I'm in probably the most exciting season um, that I've yet to experience and and I can only see what's happening in training right now knowing those guys that we've got um, you know most of them have signed three-year deals and we're going into that third season so the synergy is just it's different um, you know you were talking about the mental side of things earlier and just knowing that you know the keeper that's behind you has your back and that you don't have to worry about that part of what's happening and only being able to focus on what your job is just makes for a different, more exciting Well, uh, I believe you're talking about Paolo. I am. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good. I mean, if that's what you want to call him. <laughs> we, we were lucky to have him on a little while back uh, over on the soccer dad side. And uh, our boys all know him, too, out at Gallagher through the training. and Oh, yeah. Um, well, we call him the, Bra the Brazilian Rob Lowe. I yeah, mean, you oh, know. Look, oh, the, okay. The, I need to. Hold on. I got to go look this. Okay. Yeah. Look. <laughs> the, 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 dude, the dude is a good looking dude. Um, but the thing is, like, he's always smiling. Absolutely. You know, and and I, I'm glad you brought him up earlier that I realized who you were talking about because I have a question specifically about him. Um how, how important is he to the team outside of the goalie skills, but just that demeanor, being a little bit older, being a dad, right? He's clearly, uh, well, obviously well-traveled. Uh, for you guys from an ownership group standpoint, when you look at the players, how valuable is Paolo outside, away from the soccer ball to the team? So he brings a sense of calm, um, and he almost demands it. Um, which makes the guys go out of that, sometimes that tailspin that they get into of, you know, why didn't I or why wasn't I chosen or whatever that looks like. And, and he really is a, you know, focus on, on where we're at, focus on where we want to be. And he's, his leadership qualities just because of the years of experience, you know, and we're not just talking about, you know, the past seven seasons with our team. We're talking about the time that he spent in Portugal, um, his career in Brazil. I mean, he's just, he's unparalleled. Yeah. And, and so uh, much yeah, of that. Yeah, he is. I just found his uh, picture. <laughs> I mean, so much of that Hello. is. Take a drink. Hello, Take a drink, moment. Jen. A Take moment. a drink. I need a moment. You know, it, it, it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, it's a combination of, you know, and his skill. Yeah. Uh, you know, which sometimes, you know, that's God given, but it's also the work that he has been willing to put into it to further develop. And uh, Jen, to your point, you know, the mental side of especially being a keeper is so intense that he he brings that intensity, but he brings that calm because he knows how to reset himself, yeah. which shows to the other players on the field that. Like, that's a thing, actually. That's, you know, a, that's yeah. a thing in mindset training is failure reset. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, how do I get past the fact that I just, you know, scored a self-goal? Like, you know, how do I move past that? And how do I not allow that to just ruin the rest of the game? Because there's 60 minutes. Which in, which in indoor is so common, right? Like, oh we gosh. look at the outdoor game and, and own goals don't happen as often. But in indoor, they're kind of a byproduct of the way the game is Absolutely. made. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the ability to be able to reset and know that your keeper is there to build you back up in that moment it is imperative for just the success and the health of the team overall. And we have several leaders on the team who have you know, that mindset of being in the right place. You're, sure. you're looking at Robbie Cristo, you know, graduate of SLU, uh, SLU um, alumni, all-star. Um, you've got William Eske, who is, you know, our team MVP. There's mm -hmm. just, there's, there's a certain um, characteristic that comes with just being not only smart in the tactics of the game, but in how to approach life. Yeah. And being able to imply that from 
you know, where you're at on the field to outside of that. And that synergy is really where Paulo helps with the team so much. So do you think that let's expand a few names because you mentioned Will. I know Otto's there as yes. well. Um, do you think that uh, <clears throat> given their role and uh, other work that they do with youth players development, um, it sounds as if you have a very mature team. Are you happy that they're out there training with the stars and training with the steamers and training with all these other, you know, with a lot of little kids because it teaches them empathy as well? Absolutely. Uh, is, 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 do you see benefit there? I would say, uh, if I just had to guess, I would say over 90% of our players um, are coaching in a youth organization somewhere whether it's a it's a club or um you know it's it's a rec training or whatever they are involved sure. with soccer and i think what that does is it builds um that that sense of community right we want those kids to know those players we want them to have the relationship we want when will sk scores a goal you know that he's running down the boards and those little kids are like ah, he's my coach you know i mean that's what we want and so having those guys in the community is a great way for us to also give back, yeah. you know, and, and they received the same care from a coach at some point in time in their lives. And this is a way for them to give back as well and to influence that next generation of soccer players that's coming up in our community. So I was just curious because we talked a little before off mic, how you'd said you'd played soccer, but really at a recreational level, yeah. you kind of left it there. Yeah. How does someone, you, we think often the people that are running stuff like that, oh, they must have played to X, Y, Z level. Not necessarily because it's a business. It is. How did you find yourself getting involved with them? So uh, I actually own another business um, in St. Charles and uh, I was approached by um the gentleman who was bringing the team back um, into St. Louis to be a, a partner with the team, which turned into a minority owner, um, which then turned into a, hey, I'm going to leave and move to Florida, and do you want to buy the team um, kind of situation. And my husband and I um, really value community. We value family. And for me, when I go to the arena, as much as I enjoy watching the soccer on the field, I enjoy watching the families and the little kids dancing with the popcorn buckets on their heads. And, you know, that that family dynamic, I personally feel is missing um, more and more in our community. You know, we're busy on our phones at dinner tables sure. instead of talking with one another. And, um, you know, for the, the families who come to the games, a lot of times they're putting those phones down and they're watching and they're cheering together and they're creating those memories. Um, and for myself, it was very important for that opportunity not to go away. So my husband and I stepped up um, with a couple of other individuals and became um, owners of the team. And uh, I've got a new partner, Jeff Locker, who is also a local business owner, um, has, mm -hmm. you know, several kids who are involved with soccer. Um, he's also serving as the head coach currently. And um, for, for he and I, it is, it's not only about winning, but it is about what is it providing outside of just W's in a column. So, so let me ask you a question because uh, our, our, the, the other team in town, um, Carolyn Kendall's team, yeah. you know, which, which, you know, actually just now saying that out loud, it is kind of, it's kind of cool yeah. that you have two women. It's awesome. Cool. That, really that awesome. Are, that's like, Kick ass. yeah, any, I didn't even think about that until I said it, but she's famous for out of the gate. You know, there was that ha ha moment where she goes to the press conference with soccer for dummies book. Yeah. Right. Um, and she, you know, she leaned into it. It was, it was that way. Uh, for yourself, you know, I, I, uh, coming from another business, you decide you want to be part of the community. There's a lot of other ways that you can be part of a community outside of buying a soccer team, an indoor soccer team. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> what, what did that, you know, what did that kind of, uh, what was the learning curve like for you to balance the need to be, um, you, you got to have a good product on the field, right? And, and I'm sure Lo Coach Locker's role was really to focus on that. But you had to take some equity in that part as well. How did you navigate the early years of not being really a, quote, soccer person, right. but owning a soccer team and trying to, you know, manage, you know, the production on the field and getting, you know, families in the seats? What, what was that like in the early days? So, um, you know, I think 
one of the things that we as humans forget is that we don't have to be good at everything and that we can focus on the things that we are good at as long as we surround ourselves with people who are good at the other stuff. And that first ownership group, um, you know, one of my partners was Tony Glavin. Tony played for the Steamers. Yeah. Tony, you know, had a, a youth, you know, huge youth club. Um, and Lots of camps. <laughs> absolutely camps. And, and he had the Lions, you know, that played outdoor, um, the, the college players that were <clears throat> developing. So, like, Tony, Tony for me, was that soccer piece. So is he kind of like an early mentor for you absolutely. on the soccer side? Absolutely. Yeah, between he and Maybe Davis your lutes, right? Your, your lutes for Car- Carolyn's is lutes. You know, yeah. Tony would be your guy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what I did try and do was kind of stay in my lane and not get too involved in the soccer. Let him you know, really developed that side and I focused on everything else. And it, it was a lot, I'll be honest, uh, that first year we were like one in 19. Um, you know, and the year after that we were three in 19. But we continued to get better. Um, we continued to see, you know, our attendance increase. Um, and it, it, for me, it really is about, there's 60 minutes of soccer on the field, but there's so much other stuff happening in the arena. And how do we make entertainment happen so that, if you're not a pure soccer enthusiast, right. you know, that it's still fun for you to come and that you can come and bring your three-year-old and your three-year-old can be entertained, you know, while you sit in the seat next to him and have a beer and enjoy yourself. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's not like hockey where you have to wait for the whistle to blow right. so that you can go to the bathroom. Right. Well, and, yeah, or it, if you have like my, when he was three year old, he would just run through the stands. I'm like, ah, <laughs> there goes Liam. <laughs> I, I'm like having a flashback of my childhood going to the old, uh, to the barn, you know, the checker dome. You know, because what you're describing, you know, there's 19,000 people that were going to see the steamers in those years. Yeah. And yes, there are a lot of soccer people in St. Louis, but there's not 19,000 soccer people, you know, that were in the stadium at the time. But what they did with the music and yeah. the smoke and just the whole vibe. The lights and, and the action and yeah, it was a, the it cheering. Was a, right? It was a rock and roll show. I mean, I'll be honest, like I enjoy outdoor soccer. But one of the most frustrating things for me is to ever walk away where it's zero to zero and that that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm as a fan, I don't ever want that scenario. Like there should be a winner and there should be a loser. Well, in indoor, we have a winner and we have a loser, and our average score is you know somewhere between six and eight goals a game. So even if you're not winning, like there's still those cheering moments yeah. and those moments in time are are what we have to focus on um, creating for those memories for. Because you guys are both talking about, oh, I went to the Checker Dome. Oh, I remember the steamers. Yeah. You know, we want that same thing, but in today's ambush. Yeah. You know, it's funny because indoor soccer, I always joke with, you know, the, the, the whole zero zero analogy. I've seen plenty of nil nil games, right, that were extremely entertaining and gut wrenching yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. You know, and because I love the game. And so I, I view that a little bit differently than most. The average sport fan in our backyard, if they see zero zero, they're like, "Oh my God, who died?" You know, it's, <laughs> and it's almost as if indoor soccer, to a degree, what we joke about is it's like a gateway drug to the sport, yeah, because it is so much faster. Yeah. So two things I thought of when you were just talking right now is just going back. You mentioned Robbie Cristo. It's funny because I was getting my training started last night. And Robbie comes through and I'm like, hey, get out of here. I'm supposed to start this training on time. And he's like, you know, talking to all the girls <laughs> yeah. at, at Lufuse that he coaches. And in that moment, they're just seeing him as Coach Robbie or, or however he goes. Right. But I remember my son Liam being coached by Vadim. Um, who is also with the Fuse, um, and he, you know, in, in just practice, he was just Vadim, but he, they would often, as a team, go to his, his ambush games, and so, like, Vadim would score, and the boys knew to like, come to this particular corner or wherever, and they'd be up at the, at the uh, glass or whatever it's called, whatever that is, yeah. the glass, yeah. and Vadim would be sure that his little goal celebration included, he'd come over and bang on the boards, and the boys would bang on the boards, and for just a second... They forgot that he was just coach and he was a superstar. Yeah. And then, you know, next practice, he kicked their asses and <laughs> they were like, ah, oh, Vadim just, you know, ramming his run. Um, but it was a great little, you know, thing to see them kind of go into that adoration and then out, um, you know, in, in just he's just a normal coach and how cool that was for them. Slisa having many um, award ceremonies there yeah. of their division, you know, champions that might be, they're going to be promoted. See, we do have promotion and relegation and some, some elements of soccer. The other thing you mentioned, 
And I think it was before we got started because we were talking about what we we're going to talk about. And we're like, you're like, listen, I'm going to talk X's and O's. And we're like, great. You taught, you said relationships and you talked about how relationships were important. And I think that's so interesting because Carolyn Kendall has been talked about in terms of her relationship building. Lutz, Fan and Steel is, you know, he's the guy, he's the X's and O's. I'm looking at the players and who might be. But he mentioned in a press conference how stunned he was at her presence with the team her being there more often than you would see a European owner that might come once, twice a season in their suits. You don't even get to have a relationship with them, but she's a relationship builder. And it sounds like you're somebody that likes that as well. Yeah. So I was at practice this morning. Um, and you know, did you have to run? Uh, no, <laughs> okay. like, uh, no, I'm not my job, you, <laughs> you know, but my, uh, the players know that when they see me, uh, I, I'm going to hug them. And you did. You gave me a hug. I'm like, oh, we're hugging. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and for me, it's really a sense of family, you know, not just saying that we're an ambush family, but I legitly, you know, care about these guys and not just what happens when they're on the field, but like what's happening in their lives. You know, who's, who's got babies, who's getting married, you know, what is your game plan for when the season's over? Cause you know, we're only playing five months. What are you going to do in the off season? How are you going to support yourself? Where are you going to live? What's your long-term plan? Like you're going to play soccer. If you're like Paulo, you're going to play until, you know, you're 50, um, yeah. you know, which means I still get another 15 years out of him. We're good. He's, um, he's, he's a bionic man. I'll tell you. Yeah, he absolutely is. But you know, what are, what is that next step for you? And then what do I do to help you in that, in that path and process? And so for me, it's not just a, you're a name and a number on the, on the field. Or you're a, a chip that I move around my board. And that's the future of leadership to me. Like, you know, that's the leadership I think that lasts. I think that's the leadership that makes the most difference, that style of leadership where they're not just X's and O's. They're human beings that right. have families and maybe babies. And we don't get to, even at the, at the highest levels internationally, you don't play in a bubble. The bubble, you have other things outside your bubble, and it affects you there. And then your your play and your work affects you at home every in every job absolutely yeah i i have a question along those lines because you know kind of knowing <clears throat> a little bit about the x's and o's specifically uh pay right and i'm wondering because you, you clearly are very empathetic uh, the community it's a family thing you know that these guys are uh it's a five-month season mm -hmm. um you know, and me, and I'm coming at this question from the viewpoint of being a small business owner. And historically, it was it was always like all I wanted was for my guys to succeed. I wanted them to have, I wanted them to make more money. Yeah. I wanted them to get more benefits. I wanted them to love what they do and continue it. And ultimately, I wanted them all to leave, you know, and do it on their own too. Sure. So it's professional soccer, but it's five months, and and all of these guys for the most part, have to have other jobs Absolutely. to sustain. Does that ever, like, does that lean on you kind of hearing and learning about you quickly here? Um, because obviously you probably love to pay them 12-month wages and, and have, you know, that kind of relationship. How do you manage that? To, because, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, their family, you know, their kids, you, you, you want to make sure all those things are good. That stability is part of it. So how do you manage that part? You know, so I think um, as an owner of a business, I look at how do I create that stability mm -hmm. um, and knowing that I've got five months um, and I, they've got seven months outside of that. So um, I'll be honest, when I started um, in this seven years ago, every single one of our players got paid per game, which means that if you practiced hard enough, if you made the starting lineup, then you got paid. And if you didn't, then you were going to hopefully work harder the next week and try and break into the lineup, <laughs> I right? I love it, yeah. So there were players that literally came and trained all season and never saw a dime. Um, today, every single player is on some kind of salary. Obviously varying levels of salary, but we've gone from that per game to we're making a commitment as an organization to make sure that there's some stability for you during this time. Um, wow. For outside of that, we try and create other opportunities sure. so it's a that is why it's so important for me for our guys to be plugged into the youth organizations because to your point when you think indoor you're thinking you know november to maybe april right right well outdoor is 
now that we have turf fields and lights and all this stuff, you know, it's starting in February. Yeah, but for the most part, it's, it's almost all year round. It, it is, but, you know, the core of what outdoor is is really in those off months. And so if we can help players get plugged into coaching some teams and being involved in some of the larger organizations, it provides that stability. Yeah. In addition, you know, we continually add more and more programs to what we're offering. Last year, for the first time, we actually held our own summer camp. Um, and that was for, you know, three different weeks throughout the summer, but it employed, you know, three to four players during those weeks. And we yeah. were able to compensate them, you know, enough for them to be able to subsidize everything else that they're doing. Uh, the other thing that we do, um, again, going back to kind of that community involvement, is we partner with a lot of the CYC um, churches and organizations and do week-long camps at night for an hour. And it's it's wreck. It's not for those high-level players. Sure. You know, we're not teaching skills. It's more of the, you know, how do we have fun and how do we learn to, like, enjoy being active? Um, and so we do a summer camp pretty much every week from – um, the end of school till the beginning of school. And again, that provides more income opportunities for the mm -hmm. players. So it's about creating that stability. I'll be honest, like I'm open to suggestions if somebody else says, hey, Shelly, <laughs> have you thought about this? I mean, it is, it is all about creating that year-round consistent income because as you know, from a mental standpoint, like not knowing where that next paycheck stress uh, yeah. absolutely yeah. And, and it affects you not only you know mentally but health wise yeah um they're linked <laughs> abs absolutely so for me it's about how do we as an organization continue to create more stability but i never have the intention of creating an academy or a, a youth club that is St. Louis because I do not want to take away from what the other organizations in our city are doing and the phenomenal <laughs> groundwork that they've laid, you know, for decades. But looking at your, I just scrolling down yeah. uh, the list of events, you know, on November 11th, Lindenwood tailgate. That's my, that's my, that's where I went to college. Yeah. Um, and besides the games that are listed on here, you know, St. Charles salutes veterans day. Um, uh, is it Tecano? Yeah. Brazilian Grill, a meet and greet with the players December 17th. I know this one, Slice of Night. You know, yeah. we know Slice of Nights to a New York New Year's Eve kids bash. So that, you know, really looking at the club with its, you know, kind of feelers into the community for many, many things that, you know, parents need, beyond going to the indoor games, go to those. But right. look at all the other things that you can do for, for something to do, especially too in like winter months where it's cold and it's hard to find things for kids to do and your family to do together. Right. Um, that's really great looking at all that you guys have planned so far. Well, thanks. Have you seen, have you seen kind of a... <clears throat> Uh, maybe like a, an easier path a little bit, uh, and that might not be the right term, but in garnering support and sponsorships and partnerships uh, due to the, I mean, St. Louis has always been a soccer town. Let me just start there. <clears throat> but adding City SC absolutely. has absolutely changed the absolutely. landscape. Yeah, well, it's legitimized soccer in the soccer capital of the world. I mean, to not have had an MLS team until this past season, we can claim whatever we want to claim, but now we, you know, legitimately have, yeah. you know, a, at a the team. table. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and what, what has that effect been on the ambush optics and, uh, and awareness, uh, you know, moving forward? You know, I still hear probably on a weekly basis, oh, I didn't know the ambush was back. Um, I, I really? think, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we don't have the resources that City has. I mean, City marketed for, you know, years. And, well, and they have the know, backing of MLS, too. Absolutely. That's, a, that's a big place to do your marketing for you. <laughs> absolutely. And, and the blitzes that they were able to do, it's just not where we're at today. Um, it's where we hope to be. But having, I think having that team, um, especially with as successful as they were this season, you know, stirred some things in a lot of people who maybe weren't fanatical fans of soccer before. Yeah, like like turning a new eye to it. Where yeah. there's a lot of us who grew up. We grew up with Steamers, Storm, and then on to Ambush, um, where you grew up when you know that the game is there. And it makes me wonder. It's like, hey, St. Louis City, you know, maybe there's an ambush night one time at a game. You know, they like to do a lot of themed, um, you know, Met Seabeck over there, and they create a. I mean, their event creation is phenomenal um, when they pull in partners and, sure. and and you know what kind of 
uh, partnership that could pull in between the two and, you know, turn an eye to each other um, and, and share that fan base. For there's sure. plenty to go around. A- absolutely. And because we're opposite season, you know, there's it's not a competition um, yeah. of which I would clearly lose because, you know, I mean, we're we are not that purest, um, you know, version of the sport. But I come from a just a, a philosophy of um, I always give before I ever ask. And um, I don't feel that um, where I'm at today that I have enough to offer city um, for that ask yet. Um, our league is getting ready to make some major um, changes and announcements that are going to impact us to a point where I believe we will be able to be impactful and I will be able to, you know, provide, um, you know, some resources. And, and in all honesty, I mean, we have a working relationship with them and that we both love soccer. And, yeah. and the bottom line is, is that we are here for soccer and for our community. And I mean, you, you've seen what city is doing throughout the community with putting the, the fields in, um, you know, locations where communities maybe wouldn't have that opportunity <clears throat> otherwise. And right. so there's so many different things that we could do together. Um, for me, uh, I know, you know, they're getting through their first year. And I'll be honest, when when COVID hit, um, it was a hard reset for our organization. Like we're just now starting to get back to like that pre-COVID staffing and, and you know, marketing ability and, and all of those things. Because that year of COVID was very challenging. Um, and I bet, particularly for an indoor sport, right? Like yeah. you couldn't do anything. Indoors. Oh, yeah. I mean, luckily the family arena was open. Um, and so we were able to socially distance. But I mean, our attendance went from, you know, 3,500 on average the year before to like, you know, a thousand people a game. But yeah. it was not the right environment to say, hey, why don't you bring your soccer team of 40 kids out, you know, yeah. and let's sit all- and hang out together yeah. in your masks and cough all over each other. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't the right time. So we're still recovering. But, you know, to your point, the relationship between the two of us, I will tell you that the supporters for City have already reached out to us and they want to continue. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that same spirit, because to your point, it's not necessarily about being that soccer enthusiast who just wants to sit there and watch the right. game, right? It's, it's about that community. But you know, I love that, that too about the, the city, the supporter groups. Um, they, they love to support, like yeah. they love to support also community things, not yes. only city, but community. They also, each one of them, like the punks, for example, yeah. right? They're, they're focuses on mental health. And so each one of them has a little bit, you know, Santos connection to the Hispanic community. Yeah. So they love to support. How great would that, you know, is that to have them also as a come support this too? Like there, it doesn't have to be an either or, it can be all. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, here, here's, here's an idea. Why, why don't you, uh, you, you've got your game, but then why don't you have like a series where you have a supporters challenge? And because I guarantee the Outlaws would put together a team, uh, the Luligans put together a team, Punks would put together, Santos, all of them. And then you schedule them all out where as soon as the game's over, you know, high five the players. And then the supporters. Oh, you need to play. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying, oh. Yeah, no, take that Brentwood Friday night. So it's like, hey, put your flags down. Yeah, no. Come here and kick the ball. Shut up. Put your put your boots on. Get out there. That would be cool as hell. That would be really fun. I will say we did just um, so we've been meeting with those supporters groups, the the Santoses, the yeah. you know the what is it? No goats and the no nappers. No naps. Yes, and the, the no the nap- Fandalorians. Yeah. That's and, right. You know, but all of those groups, and we've actually designated a section at the arena for the supporters so that we can bring in the drums, bring in the flags, and not have to go through a bunch of red tape. Okay, to, just question, though. Yeah. Are they wearing city? Are they wearing ambush? Or can they wear both? You know, supporters groups are really strict with what you can and can't wear. Or do like, they have to a, wear the T-Rev kits? I, I am <laughs> oh, God. I'm not dictating what they yeah. do or don't have to do. Honestly, you just like, want them there. Just come here. I just want yell. you to come and enjoy the game awesome. and, and be with your family, be with your friends, and yeah, I don't care what you wear. Yeah. Oh, that is really cool. I idea. tell you what, if you do that, I'll put together a soccer dad pod team. We went in. Okay. We, we want to challenge. We've got supporters. I'm automatically on that team. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm finding a date where we can make that happen, man. I'll be honest. Like, that sounds fun. Jared, Jared's listening right now. I don't he's know. Like, I, he's I, probably, I, he, I he's probably gonna start take Jared right on just, now. Yeah, I can take Jared. I can take him. <laughs> I, can, I can do it. Like, one time, and then all of us, by the way, after that game, are going to see their orthopedic doctors. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Can we just get a bye to the final round? Because we're not good for two games. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <gasps> Five-minute halves. <laughs> Uh, let me let me ask you a question uh, logistically. Yeah. Um, 
Family Arena, obviously there in St. Charles, just uh, what is that, south of the kind of Old Town area? Correct. Um, you know, and obviously with what City did, they smack dab in the shadow of the arch. You know, and St. Louis is a big area. Um, the location of Family Arena, do you, do you feel that that is the right place? And in a perfect world, if you felt that it's not the perfect place, where would that be? Because it is... Illinois people, you know, it's a little tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a, a that's two rivers to cross. Um, <laughs> you, like you know, that. and then there's all those people that are in the city that are like anything west of Skinker is foreign. When I grew up in right. Fenton, so if you're south, you're like, oh, we gotta go to north. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, you know, because that was one of the things when I whenever I knew you guys were rebooting and in the family arena, I'm like, oh man, you know, it's just cool. We live in Webster, or we we were in South Grand at the time. Yeah. Um, how is the location treating you guys? And you know, is 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 that best case scenario, or you know, talk about space? Sure. So you know, for me, the family arena is uh, one of the best partners I could ask for, and Excuse across me. the league. I believe that the relationship that I have with our arena is better than any other arena, unless that team happens to own their arena. Um, our arena has no other sports teams, so I get first selections on dates. Does PBR not count as a sport? Uh, you know, maybe that one <laughs> weekend. I think, honestly, I think the cheer counts more as a sport. Okay. Than, you know, um, you know it, and here's the thing. I think, uh, you know, if you look at population, the people that grew up in the city and, and you know, the outlying, you know, municipalities, they eventually move to St. Charles. Flight. Yeah. And right, right down 270 across 70. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, you know, because of the partnership that I have with them, because of um, their commitment that they've made to the team, um, you know, the arena is owned by the county. We have a great relationship with the county. Um, mm-hmm. They provide a lot of services for us. They provide a lot of marketing for us. Um, not that it, you know, there wouldn't be another alternative maybe downtown, but cost-wise, you know, that's a factor. Sure. Um, you know, the other factor is um, the fact that, like, my businesses are in St. Charles. Jeff's businesses are in St. Charles. Um, we train out of VETA in St. Charles. And so St. Charles is our backyard. Right. Um, and I think regardless of where you ever have a, a, a team, you always have people that that's their backyard. And so I know that... For whatever reason, in St. Louis, you know, people don't like to go from St. Louis to St. Charles. You know, people in St. Charles don't have a problem <laughs> going know, across the people river. People in Wentzville have no issue driving in for a city game, right? So, right. you know, they're dry. I remember because we did a thing out there with Joao Klaus and we're dry. I live at like Manchester and 270. I'm pretty central now. And I was like, this is taking forever. But knowing all those fans that were over there at Hot Shots are all going into to Major League Soccer games downtown. Yeah. Uh, you know, as much as possible. So... You know, the drive's not as bad as we all tend to think. Oh, I, I, totally, I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, is there another option? I'm sure there is. Um, for me right now, the arena that we have, the flexibility that they provide to us, the resources that they provide to us, um, and the relationship that I have with those people. Um, you know, I've been working with Sandy Femmer from, she's the GM of the arena. I've been working with her for 11 years. Yeah. And, and there's so much to be said about relationships. Um, you know, I have their back. They have my back. We know that we both succeed when we both succeed. Right. Um, you know, if I go down to a Shafitz or I go down to Enterprise or wherever, um, you know, I just I, I don't have those relationships. I don't know what those would look like. I also don't fill the arena, which is a 9,000, you know, 9,500 capacity. I don't need a 40,000, you know, capacity building. Right. And honestly, if, if I hadn't a choice... Um, I'd probably pick an arena around 4,000 or 5,000 because we would be selling that arena out several games. But I'm not a short-sighted planner. Um, I know that, you know, we continue to increase and there will be the day where we will be back to Checker Dome status where it is a sellout at every single game. Um, and it's because of not only... Will you allow smoking in the uh, 300 <laughs> section? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, it's a county-owned building, so probably not. But, you know, do what you want outside. I mean, I'm not a smoker. I'm just no, saying, like, my memories of standing up there was 
yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all live to tell the tale. Oh, uh, yeah. It leads me to a question, though. Yeah. Just thinking about your relationship, I hadn't thought about that with an arena that's not yours per se. It's owned by the county. And then looking on Ambush's website, which, by the way, is great. It's so easy to navigate. Um, some of the things seem really obvious, like to be a bench warmer, right? That's there with the team or to walk a champions or post warm up mini game. Like if you haven't checked it out, listeners, you need to check out all the things. But like then there are other things that are I wonder who is that run by? So like corporate groups, right? Corporate groups are going to be coming soon. Um, performance groups where it's that doesn't ring soccer unless they're coming to a soccer game. Is that is that community or is it team driven or is that the facility driven or is it together so that is our way to creatively pull in people who may not be soccer fans to come to a game and experience it okay. because for me it's and like not, birthday packages yeah it's, it's not just about the game that's happening on the field it's all the other stuff and it's right. it's no different than maybe going to a movie only except for sitting in a movie theater seat where you don't interact with the person next to you you're going to actually sit there and interact with the people around you for two hours and 15 minutes. And, oh, there's pregame match opportunities, JB. You get 30-minute block before the ambush play. You can No, play. no. I want halftime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> halftime show. I'm thinking maybe we could do, we could talk about like doing maybe like a, like let's see who can, you know, penalty kicks and like which supporter. Oh, lockdown on that. We, I'm telling you, soccer day. <laughs> He's sailing it in the net. I can hey, see Zach, it now. Hey, Zach, I know you're listening. Get to work, buddy. Get on the mark. <laughs> but it's real. So, so the family arena then is, is that, is it hard to schedule? Like, think, is it always around games or is it outside of games as well? And is that you or family arena? So anything that's related to soccer is us. Okay. And the arena is our partner in everything that we do. So when we have our winter camp, for example, yeah. between Christmas and New Year's, the arena allows us to use their facility to help get more people into the arena, to get more kids involved, because they know eventually those people are going to come to not only the ambush games, but the other great events that the arena has to offer. Right, there you, you know, go. Outside of just <laughs> the circus, you know, they have concerts all the time. They've got shows. They just had Hot Wheels. I mean, there's all kinds, of, and it really is family, community-centric. Um, which is, I think, different from what you see from, like, maybe a professional arena. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not bringing in Taylor Swift or Justin Timberlake and, you know, the tickets aren't $300. You know? <laughs> well, you got, I mean, I, I, I'm a huge music fan. I mean, the, 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 the format, the programming out there fits the zip code. Sure. It, I mean, you, a lot of the shows that are booked out there are really looking for the people to come from further west in... You know, it's country heavy, and, and it makes sense, and it's a lot of fun. I've, I've been to shows there, uh, you know, because once you get to Enterprise, you can put a 5 to 10x on that ticket price. Yeah. You know, so there's still value there. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you can go to those shows, and it's, you know, I, was, I remember them when, yeah. you know, it was a $30, $40 ticket, not 500 you know. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Well, and, and really, the, the arena itself is fairly intimate. It doesn't really matter where you're sitting. You're still a part of what's happening. Yeah. So, and and for me, that's important. I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily pay that five hundred dollars and be, you know, second to top row, and you know, I'm I'm watching the video board. Yeah, better than you can see what's on the field. Yeah, that's what that's what all fans love about you know soccer specific stadiums outdoor is you know and players have talked about that before too is they've played in football stadiums we've played in baseball stadiums mm -hmm. where not only is that a mess uh, baseball stadiums are a mess with line of you know line of sight but even in football stadiums like everything's so much further away they right. love the intimacy um, of being closer um, I feel like the players love it too for sure and I would imagine that the indoor players love that as well you well know, I mean they it's feed. a little mix of Hockey too, right? You got oh, that. Yeah. You got the plexiglass. You got some banging on the glass, but it's also soccer. <laughs> yeah, well, and you've got that interaction, right? And you want to have that intimacy. And the guys feed off of the energy and the screaming and the kids rushing down to give the high fives. I mean, that's part of the experience. Are Are you traveling with the team on the away games? I probably travel to two-thirds to three-quarters of them. Um, it just depends on where we're going and then what also is happening. So, so give, us an, give us an idea of kind of the litmus, uh, the, the scene, the, 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 uh, the environment of the ambush game, you know, compared to some of the other road options. You know, do you, do you feel good 
about, you know, comparatively speaking, when you look at the other arenas, you look at the other teams, you look at their other production packages, give us an idea of where you guys fall based on your own travels into these other markets. And what's another market that does it really, really well? I think from an entertainment value standpoint, um, our organization has the most jam-packed full schedule during that two-hour time block of anybody else. There's not a, a timeout that happens where we don't have some kind of giveaway happening or some kind of selfie cam or some kind of awkward dad dance cam going on or <laughs> yeah we know, got Jamie, we got you know. that too yeah i mean something to entertain you know right. the family the whole time um if i'm going to look closely at you know what other organizations do a great job uh, the milwaukee wave um, is very good with theme nights um in their halftime productions um kansas city puts on a very nice production as well um they're our two most important partners. They're both within driving distance of us. Um, and I'll be honest, there are, there are some places where, you know, it is just the game and, you know, maybe the DJ's playing some music. There's, um, there's a lot that we do to try and help support one another. And um, some of us are staffed differently than others. And, and it's all about, like, what are your resources and, you know, where can you take it to and what is your focus? My focus is just on making sure that that entire family that comes is entertained whether they're 80 they're eight you know or somewhere in between like i want them to have a great time i want them to leave going oh my gosh i can't believe you know how much fun that was we've got to come back well and also looking at um you know the the line of sight so jb and you guys in the soccer dad pod have kids who play in cities academy um there's you know different levels to get maybe to to look towards the top level and looking at a press release from uh, may 25th this year of talking about the st louis ambush too has Mm -hmm. has also a you know a, a a pathway into the top team and how many more families and kids if they choose to go that route but you know don't have to just think of like oh I don't know if I could see myself on the top team at, at this moment there are developmental ways is is, is that's got to be a big area of growth for you as well yeah so that's uh, something we just added this past season in the past we've partnered with other teams for that second division um, but I think that you know knowing that you know soccer is is alive in St. Louis that we've got that homegrown talent um, I think we're very short-sighted if we don't figure out a way to provide that opportunity. And because indoor is a different game than outdoor, right. you know, you've got to have opportunity to play at a, at a fairly high level to know whether or not you're going to be good at it. Because there are some players that excel in outdoor, but they come to indoor and they just, you know, it's a different game. Well, it, it totally is. It, it, indoor here <laughs> yeah. has really... It fills that gap where in most other developed soccer nations, especially South American uh, countries, they have futsal. Right. They have futsal at a level that is high, high pro, high, high pay. Well, futsal never really took on in the States. It is starting to now. um, But indoor soccer has always kind of been there. Oh, man. It's been there. Like... Who doesn't remember a Christmas tournament at Aveta? You know, oh, like know. for for yeah. your youth players. I yeah. mean, it's usually about this time of the year is when parents start. You know, because things are closing down on. Yeah, them. it was the eighth inch uh, turf on top of concrete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why when my kids are like, "Oh, do you look at my turf burn?" I'm like, "That's nothing. I still need a skin graft for yeah, my." Yeah, no, I, I, I open hand eight. slap them when they say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You don't even know. Like, Stop you got like yourself. blankets under that turf now, you big babies. But yeah, like like that is a part of also just the, not even on the soccer side, it's the part of a culture even for the families. Like there are, there are friends I know, they're like, we're going to hang out at a local, you know, indoor place. And, you know, the big one in town is Veta. Um, whether, whatever location, who's hosting, it's usually Concord and Soccer Dome because I'm not calling it, I'm not calling it Veta, whatever. It's Soccer Dome. That's what I'm yeah. calling it. No, that's um, not but yeah, you know that it you know it's it's a part of your winter experience yeah. to have your kids probably playing in that and you know the parents might be having beverages behind the whatever might? plexiglass. And it's part of, it's part of the tradition, right? It's yes. part of those things that you do with your family. And then if you go family. far enough, you're waking up really early on New Year's morning <laughs> to play the final, which was not fun. <laughs> it's fun to win, but not fun to wake up. So, so let me ask you this then, because you've talked a little bit about the, uh, uh, the growth, the progression. You know, you mentioned earlier how in the early days it was uh, pay by game 
for the players, and now you're at the point where everybody has some form of a, of a salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of the gate, you mentioned that you were also a business owner elsewhere, and you bought in as a partner. Um, for you personally, has your own pendulum, that percentage of balance, that growth, you know, if it was 25, 75 in the early days, soccer to your real your, your other job, what's that percentage look like now in, in, in your world as far as, you know, running the business? Are you back, are you at 50-50? Are you 75-25? Where, where are you at? Uh, I would say of my, we'll just say 60-hour week that I spend probably 55 hours in ambush <laughs> and five hours in my other business. But my husband and I own that other business together and he's taken on different roles. And so he has stepped up and I actually am an elementary school teacher by trade. So I never, you know, did the psychology side. I never did the sports entertainment side. Like I never even business class, never even did it. Like I, I learned by the school of hard knocks and I, I took what I learned from building our first business into this business and have applied whatever I can and I've grasped at straws. And I think, you know, through the whole thing, it's all about perseverance and finding that balance and finding those people, again, to support you in the things that you're either not good at or you don't have the time for, letting them do your thing and you focus on the thing that you can do and and do it the best you can. And I think that's what we ask of our players. So it's obviously a personal question for me, given that I'm a woman and you're a woman. Yeah. But looking at you know at, at, at Ambush's staff, it's still we're we're in a, a very male-dominated in- industry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's good or bad. I was coached mostly by males, and but you know in broadcast, I'm also in a, in a very still male-heavy industry. People like you, Carolyn Kendall, are you know true pioneers. They're true. You know they pave the way for more involvement and a perspective that doesn't matter what business, I think, and whether you're running a soccer team or whatever, but a, a perspective that's sorely missed. Do you see yourself that way? And do you have you been able to see the growth of, of women leading in, in this kind of business or maybe even your other one? Uh, so my other business, I'm also in a male-dominated field. I'm uh, licensed in the state of Missouri amongst, uh, there's probably 900 licensed land surveyors, and I'm probably one of a dozen females. So it, I'm just kind of familiar with this, but I never really saw myself as a pioneer um, until last year uh, the league came to me and said, uh, we want to feature you. It's National Women's you know, month, Business Month, and, and they did a, a very long interview, and um, I think for the first time, I kind of realized that maybe I am, you know, breaking out of the mold a little bit. Um, you know, I, I am the only female owner um, in the MASL. Are you? I didn't know that. That's what's yeah. It's yeah. Um, I'm on the executive committee. You know, I served as the secretary for several years. I'm now the treasurer. Um, you know, I, the opportunity is there if I want it to continue to, to move forward. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the idea of pioneer so much as I do just somebody who is passionate about something doing it because I don't it doesn't matter if if you're a female if you're a male if you're somewhere in between if you're trying to figure out who you are like it is about embracing the things that you're good at and moving forward with them and allowing those things to shine and like you said before finding those people you surround yourself Um, I think especially as as women maybe many times we do often think we have to know everything to even make the tiniest step forward (laughs) where you don't you know guys all around that are you know that are in like a press conference room asking questions about things they have no idea about but where you surround yourself with those people and you build them up and you become a team unto yourselves and then those relationships are then what continue to drive and allow you to thrive in life as you move forward awesome well, that was fun. That was awesome. That was fun. Did you Shelley have fun? Clark. I had a great time. Thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> Thank you Absolutely. For, so, for bringing that stories and perspective. So real quick, for those uh, listening, tell them best way to uh, check out Ambush. Uh, you prefer your website, social medias, all of it, all of the above. Hey, whatever floats your boat, man, wherever you speak, whether that's, you know, Facebook uh, for somebody, you know, that's my age or if you're an Instagrammer. Or, uh, <laughs> I love how you said that. Me too. I mean, <laughs> You know, we've got the website. I mean, worst case, you go to Ticketmaster. The games are on there. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity to build memories with your families, um, and I encourage you to do so. JB, that's hey. if for your fan supporters league at, at the ambush, uh, your your turn. That's how you contact her to set that up. Okay, <laughs> we'll work on that. 
And then if somebody wants to reach out to you, business owner wants to partner and help out and get involved, uh, LinkedIn or through the webpage, what's uh, the best way to get hold of you? Email me, man, Shelly at stlambush.com. It was awesome. Well, hey, look, this has been fun. Obviously, we're going to continue working together, you know, throughout the season, raising awareness of uh, the games, the league, etc. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for giving a voice and, and being present um, in our community. And this is something that's amazing that you guys are doing. So keep up the good work. I see a soccer dad pod, soccer mom Sunday fan section, maybe. <gasps> you do that. Oh, you. I thought you were going to say head to head. Oh, we, yeah, I, I got girls. I can call them right now. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Hey, we're out at, I uh, want to also be remiss not to mention Mellow Mushroom here in Chesterfield. Uh, two locations, Sunset Hills, Chesterfield. Uh, look, pizza's dope. Just come eat the pizza. Feed the kids. It's great. I'm getting something now to bring home. It'll uh, be gone in go. five minutes. Their bruschetta um, is to die for. It's so good. Um, well, Soccer Mom Sunday, Jen and I, we're on our way out. Uh, Shelly, enjoy the rest of your day. You as well. And we'll be in touch, and we'll catch everybody next time. Bye.